Ayla Ellison, and you're listening to The Top Line, brought to you by Fierce Pharma and Fierce Biotech. In October, our dedicated editorial team at Fierce unveiled a special report that we're incredibly proud of, the Fierce 50. This report celebrates the individuals and organizations driving advancements in medicine, fostering innovation, and shaping the future of biopharma and healthcare. The Fierce 50 reflects the true tapestry of the industry, offering a unique glimpse into the minds of influential figures and introducing you to remarkable people who work tirelessly behind the scenes to drive change. If you haven't had a chance to dive into the details, don't worry, you can find the link to the special report in today's show notes. And mark your calendars. On December 5th, we'll be hosting a gala dinner in New York City to honor the Fierce 50. We extend a warm invitation to all our listeners. And for more information and to register for this exciting event, check out the link in today's show notes. The Fierce 50 special report and event mark the beginning of what will be an annual tradition where we come together to celebrate 50 exceptional individuals and organizations that are making a profound difference in patient care. While the Fierce 50 is a recent launch, we've been recognizing exceptional women in life sciences for years in our annual Fiercest Women in Life Sciences special report. These are trailblazers who are making significant contributions across pharma, biotech, and medtech. This year's 10 honorees are no different. They come from BMS, AliveCore, Novartis, and more, and are all changing the face of leadership in life sciences. The Fiercest Women in Life Sciences special report, published November 27th, and is available on the Fierce Pharma website. You can also find the link in today's show notes to explore the achievements and stories of these remarkable women. Today, we have the pleasure of sitting down with Deputy Editor Andrea Park and Senior Editor Annalee Armstrong. Both have been important contributors not only to this year's report, but also in steering this project in years past. Let's dive into their conversation as they reflect on the incredible women who made this year's list. Here they are. Hey Annalee, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Yeah, of course. I'm excited to be here. So we're here today to talk about our annual Fiercest Women in Life Sciences report, which just went live this week. And it's one of my absolute favorite reports we do all year long. I just really love getting to celebrate the power of women and the impact that they're having, especially on the life sciences industry. This is one of my favorite special reports, too. I always learn so much from the women I talk to. Mm -hmm. And I think this report is a really important reminder, especially since there's still a really big gender imbalance in the industry. In a recent report, Meet Recruitment surveyed more than 4,600 life sciences workers around the world and found that only one third of C-suite positions are held by women. Plus, almost half of the respondents said they believe men still have a leg up when it comes to career development opportunities like promotions and raises. Yeah. And in other depressing statistics, also speaking of money, Biospace did their own report where they analyzed salaries in the industry and they found that men are still making an average of 16% more than women in terms of total compensation, which is actually double the 8% pay gap that they'd calculated just last year. 
So this report is kind of our small way of countering that. <laughs> mm-hmm. It can be really, really disheartening to hear some of those stats. This year, we did receive more than 250 nominations for our Fiercest Women in Life Sciences report. And they all described women who are doing really incredible things across pharma, biotech, medtech. It was so difficult to narrow that list down to just 10. But I know the honoree that you interviewed, Marlena Fajo, was one who really stood out. I swear that Marlena was the second nomination I reviewed. And I knew immediately I had to talk to her. Uh Her nomination was like two very short sentences. And that was it. That's all I needed. So Dr. Fajo experienced extreme nausea and vomiting during her pregnancies which is known as hyperemesis gravidarum. Her condition was repeatedly downplayed, and her doctors basically told her she was crazy. So for her first pregnancy, she lost 15 pounds. During her second pregnancy, her condition got so bad that she was bedridden and needed a feeding tube. She described it as a form of torture. She had to use a buzzer to speak. She unfortunately lost her second pregnancy. And after being told her condition wasn't real, Dr. Fejo set out to prove that wrong. She had studied uterine fibroids for her PhD project and later breast cancer genetics for her postdoc. So she had this unique skill set to tackle the problem. Fast forward about 20 years doing both jobs, and she has now conducted research that discovered a genetic cause of hyperemesis. And it does seem like this condition is finally getting some recognition. You know, I think the first time I heard about it was when Kate Middleton and Kim Kardashian had it, and that was in the news. Yeah. And Amy Schumer was really open and blunt about her experience with hyperemesis, Mm -hmm. which really brought it into the mainstream. But unfortunately, Dr. Fejo told me that medical schools are still teaching that this condition is psychological. She's been working with the HER Foundation to try and dispel that myth. She's such an incredible woman, and I love talking to her and getting to tell her story. So, Andrea, you talked to Dina Marinucci. What's her story? Yeah, so just like you knew that you had to talk to Dr. Fejo, I felt the exact same way about Dina. But in this case, it was because she's the female co-founder of a company that's making a benchtop device that's going to run dozens of tests on a small sample of blood which might sound a little bit familiar. (laughs) I'm an avid follower of the Theranos fiasco, so I really couldn't pass up the chance to talk to Dina about how she and her company, Truvian Health, are you know, setting themselves apart from Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. So what I found out is, for one, Dina has a PhD in cancer biology. So, you know, she's no college dropout. And by the time she came to Truvian, she'd already helped to start another successful diagnostics company, Epic Sciences and they make tests that analyze cancer cells in the blood. So, you know, you've got that expert background. And then from there, probably the biggest difference between Truvian and Theranos is that Truvian actually has the science to back its technology up. That's important. (laughs) Very important. Dina told me that when she and her co-founders were first getting started, they assumed it would just take like six months to drum up some feasibility data, and then they would use that to go reel in a bunch of investors right away. But timing was not on their side, and they were launching in 2015, which is right as the Theranos House of Cards was starting to come down. So they had to really slow down and make sure their science was airtight. So instead of six months, they ended up taking two years on that process. But Dina told me that getting over those hurdles and you know navigating that much higher bar was one of the things that she's proudest of in her entire career. And she's just really dedicated to making sure that Truvian's machine actually works and that its tests are actually accurate 
and that the FDA has signed off on the technology before it goes out into the world, which is not the way that we've seen things go before. So we shouldn't expect bad blood part two? I'm hoping not. So which of the other honorees caught your eye, Annalie? Another one that really stood out for me was Amy Emerson from the MAPS Public Benefit Corporation. They're an organization that's trying to bring psychedelics forward for medical treatments, such as for PTSD. This is a really tough mission. Mm -hmm. Drugs like MDMA have been so stigmatized because of their reputation as a club drug. So you know it takes a really tough person to be behind that mission. Max Baer wrote this profile for us. Apparently, Amy worked at a pharmaceutical company by day and for MAPS by night as a volunteer for six years. Now MAPS is finally nearing the first FDA filing. She's now the CEO of the MAPS Public Benefit Corp., which is the company that's that's filing this new drug application. And getting MDMA approved is just the first step. Emerson told Max that afterwards, they're going to have to keep working just as hard to ensure patients have access and to continue to try to get rid of some of that stigma. What were some of the other Will's portraits that you liked? There were so many. It's so hard to choose. It's like choosing a favorite child. <laughs> but I think one of the things that really struck me about this year's list was how many of them talked about being inspired in their career paths by medical conditions that had either directly affected them or their loved ones. You talked about Dr. Fejo's own experience with hyperemesis. And Dina Marinucci told me that it was her grandmother's death from metastatic melanoma that inspired her to develop the cancer cell analysis technology that kicked off her whole career in blood testing. And then there was also Rashima Kemps Polanco, who is the chief commercial officer of Novartis's US business. She told Angus Liu that she's focused on always putting patients first in her work at the Big Pharma, thanks to the person who she calls her guardian angel. Uh, it's her longtime friend, Denisa, who had been her friend since college and uh, unfortunately died from breast cancer in 2020. And, and then also Kevin Dunleavy talked to Priya Abani, who spent two decades at Intel and Amazon. And then she made this complete pivot from big tech to med tech after her father died from a heart attack while she was at Amazon. And she'd been offered the role of CEO at AliveCore, and she realized that the company's portable ECG devices could help save the lives of people like her dad. So, you know, she went ahead and took the leap and made that pivot. That's so amazing. I love to hear women working on things that are so close to them. Mm -hmm. I think that sense of service and the focus on empathy was common throughout the entire list of our fiercest women in life sciences. And you can read more about all 10 of the honorees in the full report now live on the Fierce Pharma website. Yeah, definitely check it out. And thank you so much, Annalie, for chatting with me today. And also thanks to everyone who sent in nominations. Until next year. That's it for The Top Line. I'm Ayla Ellison. You can find out more about this topic in our show notes at FiercePharma.com. Look for podcasts. And that's the bottom line from the top line.